Police Constable Nicholas Angel, born and schooled in London, graduated Canterbury University in 1993 with a double first in politics and sociology, attended Hendon College of Police Training, displayed great aptitude in field exercises, notably urban pacification and riot control. Academically excelled in theoretical coursework and final year examinations. Received the Baton of Honor. Graduated with distinction into the Metropolitan Police Service. Well, where is it? There we go. Right there, and the thing, and the whatnot. This is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. This is episode 389. I'm Scott Johnson, joined today by Brian Morning Sergeant Dunaway. Morning, Constable. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. This week on Fuzz Sack, it's no accident the bad boys of film review chased down a group of hooded figures from the Actors Guild of Great Britain. In fact, it was quite inevitable that we would get around to this satirical parody that features many classical sackable films. Bad Boys 2, Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, and Point Break. We've sacked them all, and now this. So sit back, grab those biscuits you lifted from the local grocer, and prepare yourself for some paperwork that looks a hell of a lot more exciting than it actually is. Also, stealing biscuits is wrong. Yarb. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's good to hear from the hound, isn't it? Uh, Also with us, Randy, you got a mustache, Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Brian. Brian. Hi. Randy. I'm Randy Deluxe, and I'm not going to say anything funny in this greeting. Great. Nope. Good. Not one funny thing. Great. I'm a serious podcaster with a serious record and a serious job to do. Stop expecting jokes. I'm the straight man, and I'm what makes strange situations funny. You see, if one of you suddenly went <laughs> and you didn't have me around, that <laughs> wouldn't be as funny. Right. See how that works? Yeah. Or do we need another... <laughs> Want another one? Yeah, no, no, that's good. One more. One I'm more. worried that that next one might yeah. produce more than you were hoping for. Okay. <laughs> Insert. Can you, can you facial shart? Yeah, you can. Turns out. Uh, and finally, with us, Brian. Bad case of mini church chin ibit. Oh. oh wow! No kidding, right? Yeah. Uh, hey, so what's tough about a movie like this is that the most obvious element to write my film sack opening about are the quick cut segments that Edgar Wright uses in his films. You know, like the scene in the pub where they're ordering round after round of drinks, but you only see split-second images of transactions to indicate the passing of time. The problem is that's a visual thing, and it's really hard to parody in an audio podcast. (laughs) Until now. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the very first supercut of today's film sack. Okay. Mining the very depths. Oh, hi. (laughs) Did I ever tell you boys about the time... (laughs) The very first supercut of today's film sack. Nice. Today's film is Hot Fuzz. Oh, wait, we forgot to play Fletcher's clip. Oh, Bill shoot. Nye, the science guy. What are you talking about, Dunaway? <laughs> Benedict Cumberflap. Hey, what gross got out the most? Edgar Wright Blu-ray edition box set. Hey, that's what's-your-name from that movie. I have clips. You want to hear clips? I don't know what this file is. I'm going to play it anyway. 
film sack checklist in 144. No, sorry, 288 characters. Like getting church steeple through the chin. Hey, uh, what's our next movie? <laughs> it's pretty good. It was just missing the banana, some kind of cool music behind it. Yeah, we were we were we were talking about uh, you know not letting this episode go on too long, and bam, you just like you took it you took it too far, man. Yeah, you're taking it. Next, we next episode. episode. Yeah. Exactly. I think, yeah, we've totally uh, abbreviated right there. Dive right into next week. Uh, this has been an interesting choice for us to do Hot Fuzz. That's the movie, by the way, everybody. I don't have Fletcher today because he's not here, but. Uh, the uh, the the hot fuzz is this great movie uh, that came out <laughs> in, uh, in two thousand seven. Simon yeah. Pegg, Edgar Wright, director uh, directed by Edgar Wright, written by uh, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. Uh, Nick Frost, of course, in this, and then a bunch of people I forgot were in it, like uh, Martin Freeman and Bill Nye and all these guys who are not in very long, but they barely. Like, yeah, I mean they're the kind of forgot they were in there. The sliver of Oreo on the outside. <laughs> yeah, there's a sandwich on this thing. Uh, which is great. Oh, and the other guy, uh, uh, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Uh, the, the third one that was in the Coogan, Coogan, uh, Steve Coogan, yeah, Steve Coogan, which yeah. is great. Always good to see him. But uh, it's, yeah, it's really well done too. That whole scene because it is like a a British comedy actor um, hierarchy. Yeah, it is. Well, it's a hierarchy, right? I mean, because right, right. like oh, Martin Freeman, he's kind of like the uh, you know the 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 direct supervisor and then you go up the chain to Coogan and then it's like, Oh crap, we're up to Bill Nye already. Like, uh, you know, at some point Stephen Fry is going to walk out and say, (laughs) I own the place. (laughs) But that's true. uh, Yeah. They, they leave those guys behind in London and they go out into the country to a little town where you have this whole other set of relatively successful, relatively famous people. And they all get, a perfectly measured amount of screen time. It's fascinating, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like Jim, you know, Jim Broadbent could really be like one of the top three or four in the film, right? Oh yeah. But he's just he's just perfectly metered into it, and so is you know Bill Bailey and Timothy Dalton and so on and so on. They're yeah. all like, yeah. you know, none of them none of them really steal the show. They're just given the right amount. I agree. It's uh. So this is part of the. The the Simon Pegg, what do they call the trilogy? It's the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah, or the ice cream. Three, three flavor. flavor. Three flavor Cornetto trilogy. Right. And for a while it was called the duology because it was just the two. And then now they got this uh, end of the world's end or whatever it is, right? That's the other one. Right, Isn't that right. the one? I have exactly. I've not seen that one. I've seen everything else. I've not seen that one. Wow, I, Scott. I know. Do we, have, do we have a preference? I know you can't say Scott had the three, but I've got to say that I enjoyed the last one, uh, World's End. I... I find myself going back and watching it more. Mm. Like Prior- the, the, my initial, my initial impact, I absolutely thought Shaun of the Dead was by far the best. But as I've gone back and rewatched them, I find the last one to be more rewatchable. Well, and for it's me. like it's like a trilogy that speaks to film lovers and what they yeah. uh, what They're they right. emphasize, right? So yeah. like you have people who like the first one because. There, nothing ever lives up to your first experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And and Shaun of the Dead is a really good, funny film. But then you have people who like the second one because honestly, it's it's way more like technically Layered. complete yeah. than than the first one. There's there, yeah, there's layers to it. Right. And then you have people who like the third one because they took a long time and they put everything into it. It's like so this is it. This is the the last film we're making at like this, and it's just it it's just overwhelming with you know all of its elements. 
and I think it's really cool to ask people which of the Cornetto trilogy do you like the most. I'm shocked Scott hasn't seen World's End. I know I'm I'm bugged yeah. that I haven't, and it's always been like this little thing in the back of my head. I'm like, why haven't you seen this? And it happened again last night. I'm like, why are you not? Why is that not on your list of things to see? And it just was one of those that I just missed the window on, and I don't know, just never got around to. But uh, it's a lot I, slower than this one. Well, I'll tell you what's hard about Hot Fuzz. Uh, it to put on film sack. I think it's perfectly right. suitable for film sack, but I also cannot find almost. I can't find anything to not like about it. Well, I know it, it is. That I'm, was a hard thing for me. Like my notes are are pretty light. Like, oh my god, the music in here is great. And well, I don't want to talk about all my notes because right there are so few. I want to hold on to them to to sprinkle throughout the show. But yeah. but yeah, that's that is the tough thing with with comedy movies and this is kind of a parody i wouldn't say it's just straight out parody of cop movies no, no. Uh, it, it is to some degree but this is but it's still like a all right you know you've got your your straight laced dude you've got your your small town that he's kind of forced to work in doc hollywood kind of situation or mm-hmm. or uh you know dude from the city comes to the country i think probably the closest comparison for me that i wrote in my notes was dragnet Oh, um, Dragnet's a good example, sure. Because yeah, then, because the, the people turn down up, to like the they're cultists the, at the end. The cultists, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And oh, we think it's this guy, and it's this guy. Oh no, I have all this proof that it wasn't me. Oh, and yeah. def- Scott, Scott, you could be hammering the trope alert sound as as Brian's talking. <laughs> no, it's true. Like that's the but that's the entire. It's almost like it's not worth playing because the entire premise of everything Nick or uh, everything that uh, Simon Pegg makes writes. Uh, is is based on giant tropes, and then he likes to just play in them. It's like, what's the giant trope? Straight laced cop goes to a town where everything's goofy. All right, good enough. Now let's make a movie in there, and it's and it ends up being great. You got the snidely whiplash character in in uh, in the store who owns the store, and he's the richest guy in town, and who? you don't trust him. You and, mean Mister One Time Bond? What yeah, was that? Mister One right? Time Bond, Timothy Dalton. Yeah, yeah. One Time Band, Bond. Yeah, band. One Time Band, and. Uh, you got, you know, the the partnering of two very different cops, but in the end, they're perfect for each other. Like, everything is a trope, but it's like he, it's like the trope is a burned out warehouse, and he goes in there and builds the coolest arcade you've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like, he's, right, right. I find this stuff so, like so genius, and so, you know, there's like tiers of British comedy for me, and there's like the Monty Python style, and then there's the the more straight, uh, office kind of style. office style yeah exactly but kind of cringe worthy style like that or there's these various kinds of things and every once in a while somebody comes and plants a flag and goes here is a new flavor and variation on the on the british comedy take and simon and pegg be, absolutely one of those guys and it'd be so easy to do a movie like this that focuses on the two main characters and a couple of the villains and and not fleshes out any of the character, other other characters, but all of the. I mean, the shop owner, the little convenience store owner with her one kid, you know, one kid with a backpack per uh, at a time, and yep, then, yep, um, yep. you know, all the different uh, uh, characters get a really good character development. The other cops yeah. each have kind of a, oh my an gosh, I love the cops, quirky personality. Every cop um, is great. Every single character, yes. Brian is right. No wasted yes. characters across the board. Characters are yeah. great. Yeah. I, I only have one complaint about the film, and it's a derivative of the source material, which is the same thing I found in, like, Bad Boys 2. The movie is exhausting. About halfway through, <laughs> I'm just so exhausted from, you know, so much shit coming at me that I'm just kind of like, ugh. 
And I, I found myself a couple of times. I'm like, oh, just I just I need a break here, Simon Pegg. Yeah, I need a break. Yeah, and uh, just there was no break. See, and I never felt that way. I felt I was on for the ride, and I love his. Uh, I love uh, Edgar Wright's style of filmmaking. I love his his weird cuts and stuff. That's another thing I haven't done is I haven't seen Baby Driver yet, which I hear is amazing. Oh, that's oh yeah, great yeah, movie. No so, matter who's in it, and I love Scott no Pilgrim, and you know, <laughs> yeah, no matter who, yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know what, the, Brian? Me too. Me too. Anyway, go ahead. The point, the point of the Ritalin editing is is to be funny, right? You're supposed to you're supposed to like uh, be trying to keep up with what you're seeing, and that's supposed to make you laugh because you can't do it. Yeah. And yeah. I I've kind of felt like uh, it's it's one of those things, and there's a lot of other uh, elements in this film that it, the film starts off using them a lot, mm -hmm. and then it sort of tapers off. Yeah. Because you're not going to have the same impact later in the film. Like mm -hmm. you've already seen that sort of visual joke, right. but the movie finds other ways to make to make you laugh later in the film. Like mm -hmm. it, it, it changes around. Like when we finally get to our big action sequence, it's it just keeps going and going, and you almost you almost start laughing because the action sequence is it, it feels like it's never going to end. Like this is just you know yeah. going to be the rest of time. They're going to be the battle. Around. I think the battle uh, at the end where they're in the uh, in the model town or the model <laughs> village. I they they could have they could have easily they didn't meet my expectation which was I thought they were definitely going to add in some, you know, Godzilla type mm. noises, you know, and some Godzilla type shots, but they didn't. And in some ways I was disappointed, but in other ways I'm like it makes good sense because you never crossed that line into full on parody. If you did, I would have definitely thought parody. Right, yeah. and you would have, and you know, if that had happened, you would have said, oh, "Okay, I kind of expected that." And the fact that right. it didn't happen is like, "Oh, all right. Well, they they went just up to that line, yeah, and it didn't cross it just to kind of say, we know it's funny. They're finding the little right. model town and yeah. the, the shots looking up at the <laughs> the little yeah. buildings with these guys towering over. Right. Um, it, it's hard to do like that. You yeah. you could go full airplane if you want, and and yeah. and there were a couple of moments like when he did the yarp on the phone. Uh, and I went that that is right up to the edge of the airplane yeah. or or there was one other moment I can't think of what it was but that they'll get they'll kind of creep up to it and then they'll back yeah. off so that I'm not taken out of it I don't feel like any fourth walls are being broken I feel like it's a it's a living breathing place and I and I like that I like that they don't go over the line there and that's what makes those scenes where there's so much gore and, and like, you oh, know, a so really bloody death, mm -hmm. like so shocking because you're lulled into this sense of like, okay, I'm kind of watching a comedy here. And oh my God, the top of that church just went down that guy's neck. <laughs> it's yeah. so also there's visually effective. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Randy. It's, it's also, I, I like how the film establishes uh, farce as normalcy. Yeah. Like farce? if you, so, right. <laughs> farce? so if farce? you, let's, Let's just say you took the David Bradley jokes uh, completely out of the film and said, watch this scene, right? And mm. David Bradley, by the way, is the old uh, actor who played uh, Mr. Filch in Harry Potter, and he played uh, mm. Walter Frey in uh, Game of Thrones. Come Toronto. on, like, we all don't know that. Like, I geez, love right? it. Well, his name is a little obscure, but I love I that no guy. Idea. I didn't have any idea who he was. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, wow. I no, I recognized him as Filch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Walter Frey, but I didn't know his name, his, the actor so, name. Oh, right, right. So right. There's, a, you know, there's a big <laughs> protracted joke in this film where he uh, he's a, a country guy Dick. who who's old and uh, for some reason has both a swan and a uh, shed full of ordnance right right and uh he can't uh he can't speak in in a way that people really understand mm -hmm. especially from the city and if, yeah 
if you took that and and extracted it from the film and told someone to watch it, they'd be like, okay, this is all ridiculous. Yeah. But for some reason, because the film is surrounds it with things like that, you just you just start to see that oh, that's the normalcy of this universe that I'm in now. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and it works somehow. They get a they get a freaking sea mine, right. <laughs> take it back to the local police station. And you're like, yeah, that's that's happening. That's yeah, all right. it's great. And that and that scene, actually, the whole conceit at the end where what's his name jumps in front of you know everyone forgot about that yeah, guy yeah. in his little room and his mm-hmm. little surveillance place and you know once uh, Nick Frost jumps in front of it and takes the hit and then they kind of you know make you think he's dead and he's not really they're there for his mom and you know right. that whole thing. I usually hate that sort of thing in movies. Mm-hmm. I usually just yeah. go, oh, okay, the, fake out. the death Classic. fake out. Yeah. yeah, and I really like it here. I can't tell if it's just because I'm a sucker for British things and there's a tone to what they do that is just, I, I'm, I, this wouldn't work in a Hollywood produced American production or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I'm 100% fine with it. And I laugh at it again and I knew it was coming. I'd seen it. That's because they, that's because they never took themselves too seriously in this movie. I mean, even though you took them serious, you knew that it wasn't too serious. So you knew that they had to play through that role. You knew yeah. that that's what was going on, right? Yeah. I mean, so th- there was never in your mind going, oh, maybe he really did die. No, I mean, you knew exactly what they were giving. Yeah, you and, it, was, and you were okay with it. You didn't feel, it didn't yeah. feel like I was being manipulated or yanked around or any of that. It just feels like this is a great universe. Like, this is a fun place mm-hmm. to be, it and really it's it's part director, part writing. It's part everything. Like, I really feel like it's one of those movies that's just, you could, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a comedy. It's real hard I, to say. Yeah, I don't like to define it. It's hard to define what this this is because it's a weird it's thing. It's also hard to say because it's only been roughly 11 years. Yeah. So th- when we watch some of our other almost parody or close to parody movies, they've usually been 20 years. So how will this look in another 10 years? Will, it, will we have forgotten everything about Bad Boys 2 that we will actually blame it on this movie? Now we recently saw it. Yeah. So. I actually, I think this of the three of them is going to age the best. Mm. It, it feels like the most timeless and sort of set into its own place. Right. Mm. Um, I actually like Shaun of the Dead was amazing at the time, but I feel like it's aging really it's been, badly because so many zombie times. stories are being told since then. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And the idea, yeah, the like, like Zombieland, I don't even think Zombieland exists without Shaun of the Dead. Like, there's right. cer- there's certain. Uh, sardonic takes on the zombie genre, which in the, geez, I mean, Romero's original vision was a sardonic take on society, mm-hmm. but there's been so many since Shaun of the Dead that it watered it down a little, yeah. I think. And, and by the way, none of these exist without Spaced. Scott, tell me you oh, watched Spaced. Oh, Spaced is so good, of course. Oh, yeah. 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 No, I. that's how I... I okay. So my Simon, I, I wet my Simon. No, wait, hold on. I got. Please just, I just wet my Simon whistle. Yeah, I no got idioms. my. I got my first uh, Simon peg on. Yeah. Oh my god! Sorry, this the is first all going. Time I got Simon pegged. Yeah, was... peg. I got, yeah. The word Even peg better. is in there. Uh, anyway, it was space. It's amazing. It's an incredible series, and people should watch it. And it's it's great. Yeah, no, he's he's awesome. I loved him in the recent uh, the Mission Impossible. He's great in that. I love that he's yeah. even in that series. I love that he's in Star Trek. I love that he's become so much more uh, than just this guy that makes these weird movies with Edgar Wright. And yet, if there was an it was announced tomorrow that they're all getting together for yet another one, I'd be so stoked. Oh my gosh, Hot I'd be Fuzz so two. excited. Yeah, yeah Hot <laughs> Fuzz Two, dude, would be great. <laughs> 
yeah prior uh, i never did get to answer the question about uh which of the three i like best oh yeah prior to watching this one i would have said Shaun of the dead and this one reminded me like oh I, this is such an under underappreciated well at least in my in my opinion i've only seen it i've only seen it once prior to um this rewatching, and i'd forgotten how much i loved it and how how well done it is and yeah, so yeah. yeah i mean edgar Wright, and and Ed, this uh the connection is the first edgar Wright thing i ever saw was Shaun of the dead i didn't see spaced until afterwards and kind of discovered it based on right liking oh this. Does, so yeah. you got to have that Same. experience where you the next time you saw Shaun of the dead you recognized all the people yeah, yeah right all his yeah friends. exactly yeah all his friends are still still in the Same. group i <laughs> no. think that's probably how most of us consumed it i don't think most of us had spaced on our radar uh, well it's like me Shaun i'd seen bits and i'd seen bits and pieces of uh of um uh firefly but not the yeah. series, not the entire series. I saw the movie in 05 before I went and consumed the whole series. I think that happens sometimes. It's like, oh, this uh-huh. thing is the culmination of something else. Let me go see. And then you go consume it. But I actually saw Spaced before any of this. Mm. And I don't know why. I think it just was on something. It was on some huh. channel. And I was like, what the hell? This is great. Or maybe BBC America or something. Or I don't remember. Marka, back, BBC Marka. Back when I had, <laughs> back when I had a I like cable, I think is where I first saw it, and then I just thought, well, that guy's great. I hope he does something else. I think maybe what I was missing was like he was already busy doing other things, and I didn't right. know it. But uh, yeah, like I freaking love that guy. He's great, and I think it's we're we're all better for having him in the world. Now, here's the big question: oh, yeah. Edgar Wright, who's you know has so much to do with the tone of these movies, he goes on to do some other stuff. Uh, uh, the Scott Pilgrim movie is amazing, and his take uh, from from all everything I've heard, Baby Driver is one of the best movies ever made. So, all of that being the case, he was also on the the original Ant Man uh, deal. It was going to be his script and his directing, and then there was a falling out with Disney, and he bailed. And every time I see an Edgar Wright movie, I think, man, I would really like to see his take on a superhero, like yeah, something like that. Especially especially Ant Man because the, those movies kind of need. They need to distinguish themselves from right. the rest of them, right? Right, and they and, have. Uh, I mean, like they've done okay at doing that, but you have to think his would have had a, I don't know, a punch to it that maybe it doesn't have. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not, it doesn't make the ones that got made bad at all. They're great, right? Um, and Did I think you, they're 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 right to be what they are. It's just I, I want to see what he would have done. You know, right? Did you guys ever see uh, Fantastic Fear of Everything? No, is that a his one of his? I, I yeah, it's a Simon Pegg film, and it's it's great. He's he's you know he's basically afraid of everything, and I really loved uh, this Simon Pegg where he's kind of he's kind of just freaking out. He's got so many fears, and it's I I really enjoyed this one of my favorite Simon Pegg movies. But there's a new one. There's a new one coming out by the same uh, writer, uh, Crispin Mills, uh, just recently uh, announced. It's the Slaughterhouse Rules. Mm. You guys seen oh. this new Simon Pegg? thing no, coming out no 2018 yes action comedy horror right my alley that sounds great uh, so, but yeah. he's not doing oh, that yeah, is this he? trailer just came out a couple days ago yeah yeah, yeah. it's at Which a boarding kinda... it's at a boarding school where all sorts of horror things are happening yeah it's like right. cider Which it's a play on cider house rules I... right so the cider yeah. house rules movie but a parody of it or whatever yeah it always freaks me out when i go to imdb the week we're watching a film and i haven't even searched the film yet and the you know the movie that pops up and is advertising me is simon Pegg. i'm like are y'all listening to me <laughs> are y'all well, like, monitoring one of the reasons like one of the reasons we're watching this is that it's streaming on netflix and that just feels like Oh, right. that's telling us we need to watch it. 
But then, like, right. I go and I go and look up what what is uh, Edgar Wright doing? And there's an interview with Simon Pegg from about five weeks ago, where he's talking mm. about he and Edgar Wright are definitely going to make another movie together in the future. That'd be and great. I'm like, what is the? Is it? I always felt like it was a film sack thing. Like we somehow right. put this energy out to the universe <laughs> and we cause things to happen. No, maybe it's actually a Netflix thing. Yeah, marketing. And, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. And we're just the we're just the consumers of of this weird energy. No, it's like when um, I mean, this, is, this is unrelated, but for months months ago, I got so obsessed with the song Toto, I couldn't stop listening to it. Song Africa. Africa. Yeah, or Africa. Sorry, the song. I was Toto. about to say a song Toto. Sorry, that, how sorry, I, sorry. I was to say that's that's kind of weird because yeah. you always play in the Africa. So. Yeah. So I was playing. Cool. I I just couldn't I've get enough of it. Never... down the Toto. <laughs> right. Everybody was like, Scott, what's wrong with you? Too much, to, you know, too much Toto, too much Africa, and, and I couldn't stop. And I swear to you now, and I'm not saying it's because of me by any stretch. I just think I was in tune with the Zeitgeist because everybody's Absolutely. doing Toto covers yeah. of Africa. Yep. They're all doing cover, or, you know, playing it constantly. It's a big joke. Weird Al came out on stage with Weezer the other day and played Africa. Like, yeah. now it's everywhere. So sometimes that happens, and I feel like I'm film sack. We get so, I, I think we are on the kind of tip, and this is new movies too. I think we're on the tip of just paying attention. And so yeah, it feels like stuff's molding to our will a little bit. Right. It's weird. I, I agree yeah. with that. It's very strange. Anyway, he's working on something right now, a documentary called The Untitled Sparks Documentary. I don't know what that is. Oh, my God. Is uh, If that is a documentary about the band Sparks. It must be. Let me it's look gotta here. Be. Director it's gotta Wright, be. Uh, who, yeah. who, uh, is Ron Mail and Russell Mail? Yes. Okay, yeah, those him. are the two brothers in the band Sparks. Yeah. Holy crap. That'd really? be cool. That's cool. No, then he's, and then something announced called Shadows, which uh, doesn't have any description or cast yet. But anyway, I just love him. I love his style and the way stuff looks, and he's freaking great, and he should just never not make movies. So that's, right. that's what I, I want to say about that guy. I think it's fascinating that he's making a documentary about Sparks. I just saw, I'm like, I'm turned upside down by that. What is that yeah. going to even be? I don't even I know, know who they well, are. Tell me who they are. Give me a background on the band. What's the big deal the, with them? The, probably, the, probably the only hit song you know by Sparks is uh, Cool Places, a song that they did with Jane Wheedland from the Go-Go's. Okay, okay you're going to uh, sing couple, it for me, right? No, I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> no. uh, but it's a, a couple of brothers who in God the mid-'70s started this band called Half Nelson. It, it uh, didn't seem to do well. They changed the name to Sparks, and then all of a sudden they're – they're more See, appreciated. It's hard to believe Half Nelson wasn't a popular band name. Yeah, I get right. I know. Right. It feels yeah. like it should be. They, uh, uh, Brian, I just yeah. want to say, I think, I think they had bigger songs than Cool Places. No. Oh, like what? Uh, yeah. This town ain't big enough for both of us. Big in the UK, but the only one that really that actually broke into the Billboard uh, charts here in America was Cool Places. Here in America. What about, okay. What about the number one song Never. in heaven? Uh, it was a number one song in heaven, but not here in the, uh, in the U.S. <laughs> no, but it's but Ed, I mean it's a good point. There, you know, some people know these these obscure uh, tracks. That whole album, number one in heaven, was uh, Giorgio Moroder produced, yep. and he got all that attention recently because of Daft Punk and and well deserved. Sparks got um, added onto uh, not added the bill, but they joined forces with uh, Franz Ferdinand, and the two bands released an album that was not like a featuring it was like the two of them working together again 
uh, not again, so but speak. like, but yeah, I mean, but they were working, like working as a, like everybody got equal billing in that band They're They've been one of my favorite bands for a long time. So to hear that Edgar Wright's involved with a, a documentary about these guys is, uh, that's exciting. That guy's is, got a bad really mustache though. That's a horrible well, mustache. Yeah, it, Hitler, like... it was kind of a Hitler mustache. And then in the nineties, he changed it to be a very thin, uh, waters, John waters mustache. Well, the one in the seventies and the eighties looks like two Hitler mustaches hanging out. <laughs> It does. It, Charlie Chaplin like, had it too. <laughs> yeah, but it, he had it before it became uh, not so popular. Yeah, not so popular. <laughs> Mustache main, hipsters. Yeah. I love it. The main thing that, that <laughs> strikes me as weird about Sparks is that they're still working and uh, you never, ever hear about them. Like no, they've been doing things. They've been make, making songs and performing live like in this current decade and you never hear about them ever, ever like. You just yeah. brought up Toto, which a lot of people associate with the early 80s. And, like, Toto just played here in Irvine last week. And, like, they were at the OC Fair. It was a big show. Like, you hear about them. You never hear about Spark. They were just so weird. They could never get a foothold in mainstream music. It's Their music is very, very unusual. They have a song about, you know, a couple of kids who are uh, stealing food from under the table of a fancy dining party. They have a song about... Um, Wait, didn't Jane's who, Addiction do that? I've <laughs> been caught stealing. They have a song about a uh, a guy who intentionally runs his car into attractive women's cars so that he can have an opening line with them. So that Wait, wasn't that Phil? Phil, yeah, Phil Collins. <laughs> didn't Phil Collins do that? Wasn't that? Anyway, but uh, they've always just been too <laughs> fringe, weird to be mainstream, and uh, that makes me want this documentary. Oh my gosh! If this and if this gets attention for a band like this, that is, uh, we did a whole soundography episode on them, obviously, because I, I, I said we have to do a Sparks episode, and uh, uh, just diving into their whole, <laughs> yeah, the photos you're putting into our chat. They're amazing. Yes, they're amazing. They are, Everything about this, I want more of, you, of whatever's going on here. They are. Uh, here's here's a little fact and then we can probably talk about uh edgar wright again or the, <laughs> the movie we're talking about but um paul mccartney is such a fan of ron mail ron mail's the guy with the the charlie chaplin Sash. hitler uh, john waters mustache yeah that in his video for coming up um it's like a see not cgi but like a whole bunch of paul mccartney's playing different era paul mccartney's oh cool like a hippie era beatles paul mccartney and a Nehru jacket early 60s paul mccartney um the only or one of the only characters he plays in that video that's not paul mccartney is ron mail as a keyboardist so you get oh. paul mccartney playing that guy with that mustache oh i love that that's awesome yeah well all right sparks super documentary. influential but not super mainstream well, and influential uh you mean sparks right sparks uh, to other to like, other musicians influential, yeah. other influential on like other synth pop right like you don't have you don't there there are no, really like, narrow uh, oh you know, no, their the sound thing. is really peculiar and yeah but every but every couple albums they would reinvent their sound like the number one stuff the number one in heaven stuff was like a, a two or three album stint prior to that it was a a four album um kind of uh chamber pop kind of thing with a lot of strings and and horns and violins and Wait, stuff like that chamber pop i chamber don't know pop. anything about anything you're talking about but i do know what a chamber pot is and i like the fact <laughs> yes. that they've combined that term that is so that is such a uk thing right i, I don't i love it yeah oh. but anyway so they they reinvent them, themselves every few albums so 
synth pop here, um, straight up rock and roll for like the angst in my pants and uh, Womp That Sucker albums. and uh, <laughs> Angst in my pants. <laughs> angst in my pants. Okay. They do tend to latch on to puns and then certainly in later albums, they'll find a pun they really like and then they'll make that the repeated line throughout 90% of the song. And it's kind of where they've kind of lost me a little bit, but prior to the, prior to like 1995, I've, uh, everything sparks did. I ate up, um, at some point we're going to watch, um, a movie called roller coaster. I think it's just called roller coaster and it's about, oh. um, it's basically Die Hard and amusement park kind of thing. Oh yes. So he's talking and about barks is the band that plays, in the for some reason is playing in the amusement park and and uh they keep showing they don't <laughs> go uh by the way so back to this movie for a second i just realized this yes. so oh, we could we could stay back to the movie well, yeah we, no, that's, that's fine why yeah. we're here the, <laughs> the trivia in there's broken because somebody wrote this this film completes what simon Pegg and edgar wright refer to as the blood and ice cream trilogy which I that was I, a, that was an early name for it, yeah. Yeah, but then it says but here it the other. It, it says here it complete. Yeah, it, right here you know, two completes one and two. Well, hold on, <laughs> this is even worse. It says here the other two are Shaun of the Dead in two thousand four uh, and Hot Fuzz two thousand seven. Yeah. This is where, where I got that? it. Was Hot Fuzz? They only yeah, mentioned two movies. Copy and pasted from. Uh, are you getting that IMDb or Wikipedia? Well, IMD freaking B. I'll yeah. tell you, man, our source materials like Wikipedia and IMDb, I don't know if we're becoming more versed and we're seeing the errors or if the errors are just increasing, but I have noticed that yeah. in the movies that so we've watched recently. Sure, I have as well. Make sure that you don't uh you don't find that interesting. Make sure you don't click to find that interesting. <laughs> you know, I don't is find... there a way to say I find that I found it uninteresting. Yeah, this is very uninteresting, I want to be able to say to it. Nobody I'm looking at Chris, this one on the page Chris and nobody's fine and uh Robert Downey Jr. were both considered for the lead in Hot Fuzz. That shouldn't say, that say fake too. they shouldn't say. Uh, do you find this interesting? The ble- the options should be: Is this fake? And you know what I mean. Like, can we have a crowd? Yeah, it should fun- just be a button that says "I call bullshit." Yeah, just a little button that says. <laughs> yeah, with a link of uh, Matthew McConaughey. Wasn't that his deal? <laughs> Look, they got Jeff Bezos money. They can afford Player a new link. Get in yeah. there and fix that, you bastards. Anyway, how many? Okay, tri- trivia time. How many sure. <clears throat> how many confirmed Game of Thrones actors in this film? Go. Mm. One. Are there some unconfirmed ones? No. no only, all... only one confirmed in my head. There's only No, two, two. Two? Okay. Yeah, I, I caught I caught three. Oh, right. So all right. Who'd you found? Yeah, the hound. Yeah. So Yarp. And then Which I uh, did Walter not Gray. realize until afterwards. Holy <laughs> cow. Right. Yeah. I didn't either because oh, really? yeah. he's yes. not nearly he's not nearly as houndish in this one. It's right. when he said Yarp. And yeah. that I went, oh, okay. It's like the guy goes from having yeah. no hair to all the hair. <laughs> and then, and then Jim Jim Broadbent is an archmaster in the most recent season. This is correct. When they go back to, uh, he's great in that role. Right? So good in that role. Yeah. Uh, and then who's your third? Hold on, I know, I know. I just named three. I, I I feel like I saw a fourth. Oh, who was your th- third? Who'd you say? You said okay again. Walter Frey. Oh, I missed you saying him. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. And hold on. And then the and then the maester. And then you think Give there's me some a hours to think yeah. about it. That's all I had. Uh, <clears throat> that woman uh, is also the little convenience shop owner in Winterfell, isn't she? Uh, no, you know. <laughs> Only one White Walker in the in there at a time. No, she's a <laughs> no, question. she's an NPC in Silvermoon. Come on now. 
<laughs> what is it about old English actors uh, just looking as haggard and beat up as all the oh, world? That's so good. We find interesting because there's uh, character in those lines, man. There's something about right. it. It's like uh, I'll tell you what it's like. When I had my life drawing class in college, uh, we would get. I may have mentioned this before, but we get lots of young, you know, naked. 19 year old 20 year old girls who were just trying to pay for school and would come in there and pose and as cool as that may sound as i'm saying it that would get boring what would get interesting is when some 90 year old man would come in and he would pose and how do i draw this flesh flap and this angle but like the angles and the way the bones have moved around for that guy and the way his face was cut was so much more interesting to draw and paint like i think that's what it is i think there's something about you know these old especially british guys that just make them so that's because they, that's because they don't try to fight it that's one thing i gotta say uh, about the united kingdom and people not in america they 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 embrace their age with grace whether whether people appreciate the way it looks or not they they embrace it yeah people and, and uh, people like judy dench uh, uh looks it looks she's she is growing old very gracefully and she's fantastic to look at you look at her and go Oh, so much character in this old, mm-hmm. older woman's they face. Yeah, they're not trying to fight it. They own it. They I, go, okay, I'm heading. I'm, I'm, my, I'm, I'm steering into this. I, I agree on an overall. I mean, everyone should be able to do whatever the hell they want to do. But as a, as an overarching thing, I would take, I would take ten Judy Denches over one Joan Rivers any day. Not that they're in the same business, but you know what I'll I mean. I'll take if, ten if, dentures, please. If and, I was, uh, if I was going, ten dentures. If I was going to see stand-up comedy, I'd rather have John Rivers. Uh, I don't know. I'd take. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, okay, we get it. Who's the guy in Australia that's funny? I like him. Jim Jeffries. One guy. Who's, who's that one guy no, in Australia Jim, that's funny? Who is Jim, it? Jim Jeffries. That guy so cracks laughing. me up. He makes me laugh. He's dirty though. Careful. No, not for the kids. Dirty, dirty, dirty boy. Uh, anyway, so you're gonna tell me uh, Lucy Punch was not in uh, uh, in uh, Game of Thrones. She's I the I don't know the actress that plays Juliet, the um, with the annoying laugh in this movie. Oh, oh yeah, she would be great in Game. <laughs> Actually, all of I, them would be good in Game. Yeah, of Thrones. you could have a. I mean, even Simon Pegg would make a pretty good. These days, he's a little more lined and cut in his face and stuff. He'd make right. a pretty good like hooded, sneaky guy but at the at the. I, you know, Citadel I'll or bet, something. I'll bet all of the older bit actors in this film were in Game of Thrones. Like, you know what I mean? Like the 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 neighborhood watch, basically. All of those older right. actors. The guy with a shotgun. <laughs> Are there more people in Game of Thrones or Harry Potter films? Oh <laughs> man, it's a good point. That's a good point. Well, there's a lot of crossover there as well, right? Wait. Like, yeah. yeah. Wait. I mean, I love that I, stuff. Oh my gosh, I'd love I ask old a actors from when, Britain. When the crap was Kate Blanchett on yeah, screen? She's, right? so, she yeah, she, she's his uh, girlfriend uh, early on. What? Oh, wearing the mask. Yeah. Oh, yeah, doctor. Really? That well, was Kate Blanchett? She's in, a, she's in a crime scene. That's right, yes. That was Kate Blanchett, who's now dating <laughs> Dave or Mike or whatever. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, I had no yeah. idea until you guys just said I that. Did- and I didn't see Peter Jackson playing as the thief dressed as Santa. I, I missed remember. that I don't as remember well. The thief dressed so as Santa. No, the quick, one that cut his hand. Flip book. The put his, early in the movie. Isn't it the one that stabbed his hand through? Amazing things that he's done. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes, it's like the Rushmore lead-in yeah. of of uh, Angel's character. Well, when he puts right. his yeah, when he puts the he puts the knife through his hand, and everyone asks him about his hand. That Santa is that's uh, Peter Jackson. Yeah. 
That's amazing. And can wow. I and can I have one trope alert of only course. for this whole episode? Of course. <laughs> I love that the best uh police uh person in <laughs> the city goes into a crime scene that's completely filled with people yeah. and notices something that none of them saw. Yeah, it was great. And they all just kind of like smack their own foreheads. <laughs> I love that. That trope is so ridiculously funny. Yeah, to and me. they pull it off so yeah. well. And again, it's one of those that creeps up next to airplane but doesn't cross the line. It's great. Almost Ace Ventura. Yeah. Kind of that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he doesn't do it. Oh, it's so good, you guys. This is this is one of those harder movies for me because my notes are super short. Like, oh, super sparse. I gave up because there was no way I could keep up with the amount of dialogue that was coming, and the because really the ideas were fairly simple. I mean, there is this real research that went into this movie uh, with Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg uh, studying uh, how real police work is versus uh, you know what we see in American. Uh, police dramas and they really played up the idea that really the paperwork is where all the power is right uh in 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 doing this stuff and so they made it instead of him wielding a gun constantly they had all these fast supercut shots of Mm -hmm. of writing down information uh this the real power there's actually there's actually like a subversive moral message in here right where where he's like basically saying over and over that this this is how policing should be like re- reminding people to use the right terminology to you know to protect themselves and others and so on yeah like yeah. i thought that was really cool it's just kind of you know stitched throughout the film and again wanna, it's hard to do you- i don't think that's an easy thing to do and they pull it off and it feels right and it doesn't feel forced and it doesn't feel you know preachy like i think this is hard what they make is hard and it looks easy and it's so okay. so loose and then- fun to watch i just love it then here's the tough one. What's your uh, what part of the movie did you find was flat? Like what one thing were you like, oh, that's kind of I didn't have one. I didn't rest. have one. I never had one. I don't know if that's because <clears throat> scenes that would normally be flat are sandwiched with Edgar Wright crazy cuts, and maybe that made them feel less flat. But I didn't. The, ha- I didn't have the, that uh, time or that moment. I felt like everything was the, really strong. Thing that the thing that felt flat because there were so many great characters for me in this movie the thing that felt flat was the Simon Pegg character uh Angel never actually I didn't feel like grew vertically so what he did like like when like he never really stepped out of being able to switch things off because that was one of his character flaws it's like oh he's got a character flaw he can't switch it off that's the reason why his relationships all fail it's because he can't switch it off oh and, and we never really get a definitive moment where he switches it off. Oh, I, feel I see like what you're saying. We do a little bit with the whole like, uh, you know, up yours. Uh, yeah, but thing where... it didn't <laughs> feel. Didn't but feel the film jog the on. Film he says at the end of that. <laughs> the film definitely doesn't. Uh, you know, it's a love letter to to cop movies, right? Yeah, he definitely cops, doesn't yeah. do the thing that so many of them do at the end, where he gets to be uh, changed by it all. Right. You know, like it instead there are other movies that it's referencing where he is the same exact cop he was when he started. Sure, he digs in. I think I probably okay, so I've given it's given me a minute to think about something that maybe fell flat for me. And for me, the only thing I can think of, honestly, because all that other stuff didn't bother me at all, is that he had this problem with guns and it was never very well explained. Mm-hmm. Um, right. That was just a reference to a trope. Right. right. It's just like 
hey, you guys right. know this trope? And then he he goes yeah. to the carnival and uses a pellet gun and this the kind thing, of thing that he yeah the the thing he most avoids is actually the thing he's the best he's at the naturally. best at yeah, yeah. and, and he found a way to be the best by following procedure and not being quick right so i mean there's definitely some social commentary there but yeah i would i would have liked to have seen some more of i mean there was in the of, in instead the, of one more supercut of the bar well in the supercut you know I mean? of the beginning that was like uh had martin freeman but the thing i played at the top of the show where he's narrating who he is there's a scene where he busts into a room and, and there's a guy in there with a gun and Edgar Wright, or sorry, uh, Simon Pegg shoots him. And so as that started to develop in the story, I thought maybe he's upset because he shot and killed somebody. Like it well, just they never. Actually, they, they cut 30 minutes from the movie, which is good because it's already close to two hours. Yeah, it's a long one. So, uh, but I, yeah, I'm assuming they probably expanded upon probably most of that stuff that were, there were missing because we loved it so much. We would have gladly, given up two and a half hours uh, of, of more of this, you know. Oh, I totally would have. You know what? It's my only regret is I this I, I end up seeing this on DVD later and not in theaters or Blu-ray or something at the time. Um, but I, and that's the only real bummer complaint I have is I would have I would have loved to have seen this in a, in a theater with like surround sound and all I, that. I, I want to answer my own question. I felt like the whole, <laughs> uh, I felt like the whole Dire Straits, Romeo and Juliet uh, sequence mm -hmm. uh, that just, I don't know. I just like I, I kind of check out during that whole part. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not laughing that much at the weird stage show. And <laughs> I was uh, laughing at Simon Pegg's facial no, no. reactions. That was the only thing I was laughing at. Come on, you weren't laughing when they busted into doing the Cardigans uh, song at the end of the. <laughs> I wasn't really. I, I was. really wasn't. I like, that I, like that was the that was the part uh, <laughs> that was the dip in the film for me. Mm. Really? Okay. Brian uh, Ibbett, you have a, any sort of dip? It's it's unusual for us, by the way, on the show to look for dips in movies because they're all dippy. But this is just a hard one. It's hard. It, it is a really hard one for me. I mean, the uh, no, there really wasn't. There wasn't a point at which I was like, "All right, uh, let's get past this." Kind of checked out, moving yeah. forward, kind of thing. Yeah, you're not skipping um, anything, really, right? No, I, I, I th and I think that might have been there. Might have been something like that when I saw it first time because I. I didn't see any of the the three movies in the theater. They've all been on yeah. um, home video. Yeah, it's um, for it. And uh, and so there might have been, you know, might have been like, oh, this isn't like Shaun of the Dead. I'm going to play uh, Candy Crush on my iPad or something. Whatever I was playing at the time, I certainly wasn't playing Candy. Crush. How <laughs> dare you? I know. Well, all right. Definitely, if, if there's any consolation, it definitely wasn't Candy Crush. No, right. <laughs> I've never been a Candy Crush guy, but it was probably like like the DS Avengers Alliance or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But, sure. Uh, but that I'm might glad have been like a checkout point the first time. I I'm it. I'm glad I was at home watching it because I'll be honest with you, movies that that most Simon Peg movies in my area in a mixed environment of viewers is going to be not well received by most. Uh, I I personally find it enjoyable, and most of the people that hang out with would find Simon Peg movies enjoyable. But uh, usually when I go to the theater, it's usually people uh, who are kind of like just checked out. Meat they got potatoes. their phones out. Yeah. They're they're going in and out of the theater, and they're just you know it's like oh they're complaining and talking. I'm just like shut up. Yeah, you're not appreciating mm -hmm. what this is. Yeah, and so I prefer this at home. Yeah, I, I'm for everything at home these days. Anyway, I'm I'm like right. just just have it all go there first. Everything sounds great now. And now something great. like Avengers where everybody is pretty much locked in. I'll go to the theater to see that because I feel like we're all enjoying it. Yeah, at equal level. Yeah, of course. And well, you know, I want I don't. I want to see Infinity War 2 in a theater. That would be dumb to say anything else. But 
just about everything else. <laughs> I'm fine with at home. Uh, doesn't really bother me anymore. Um, here's an interesting little bit. Uh, the sword. You remember the sword Simon Pegg's character uses in the final scene? Yep. Yes. Yeah. It's a replica of Gandalf's sword uh, Glamoring from the Lord of the Rings film trilogy. It was probably brought by um, uh, Peter, Jackson Peter Jackson since he was on set. I didn't know he was Nobody there. I brought. Yeah, I brought you this nice thing. No, he's... Well, not. Well, that's not a knife for me. Show now. <laughs> it's not Australian. But close, it's close, but not, not quite close. serious. Band meeting, They're he not, says, and then hands him a sword. A, I mean, maybe, but it's also like it's a sword you could buy online, and there's bunches of them hanging around Blizzard. Like, Shut yeah. your mouth! But don't you feel? Don't you think it'd be cool if, like, Peter Jackson says, "Hold on a minute, I've got one in my car." <laughs> in my car, right? It's, it's in my trunk. Hold it's on. In my trunk. <laughs> I don't know. He's not, he's not British. I don't know why I'm doing that voice. Oh my gosh! I don't uh, know. I I can't, that, I the can't, accent you were doing wasn't really British, so I'm okay with it. I, I accept it. Now, I, uh, in the very beginning, before the supercut, and as he's walking down the hall, and all it is is his feet, his footsteps getting louder and louder that as he gets good. close. Yeah. When that happens, uh, I had the speakers on. I didn't have my headphones on, and the whole time there's sirens sounds like police sirens. Mm -hmm. I hear school. this. I hear this as soon as it starts ramping up upstairs. I hear. <laughs> uh, doggies my dog Raider started howling, howling. At, that? yeah. howling at the top of her dog lungs yeah so i had to put my headphones on and she was fine after that but uh yeah Aww. it was great uh, also uh, as far as anything gross nothing grossed me out i did think that it was very effective to have timothy dalton's neck the way it was and i thought it was very believable looking neck? but but nothing oh, grosses me out when he impaled him yeah but yeah, nothing, nothing grosses me out because it's all so crafted to be ridiculous that it just nothing's gross and nobody I, kissed were, weird or did I'm anything. I'm sure you were a little tiny bit bothered by the thing in the in the 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 tavern, what are the the pub where the guys just peeing openly? Oh yeah, oh, I didn't like that. Going all over the seat. Yeah, yes. I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't like that. You're right. Okay, that's gross. I'm with you there. But then again, I don't know. It's like. It, maybe it's the British stuff. It just none of it, it is it the all, British stuff. Yeah, it, it's all comes you know, off as different. It's hard to explain. I don't eat. I don't eat biscuits all the time. No, I'm not talking about American biscuits. I'm talking about English biscuit cookies. Yeah, I don't eat those all the time. But I, when I do, I get a craving occasionally. And watching that man, I was like, oh, it's time to head to Publix and get me some biscuits tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, big ten of them, like one of those big round yeah. uh, metal things. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I, I think we've got a lot of them. World's Market. You ever been to World's yeah, Market? Yeah, World's Market has all that stuff. Yeah. So Market. many biscuits. Yeah, mm -hmm. love it in there. I like that place because they have they have weird hot sauces, and I love getting those. Mm -hmm. Bring those. And home. those Tarani syrups, man, like a wall of Tarani syrups, yeah. and those are the best thing to get. Like if you uh, you make some iced tea, just get a little bit of that uh, sugar-free peach Tarani syrup, and instantly yes. you're at the Olive Garden. Yep, and there's all, and you're there, and then your family, and then How there's. How did I get at the Olive Garden? There's all. <laughs> They're, right up here. They're always uh they always have weird pickled shit there. I love it. Oh. <laughs> it's like weird. It's like, oh, you want some pickled uh horse fingers or whatever it is? And you're like, Yeah, I do. Pickled shit. Yeah. Pickled horse fingers. <laughs> so I don't think horses have pink fingers. Sorry. It's a bad example. I wanted to draw your attention to the trivia for one last thing. Because this trivia, it, it, over and over and over, it says the movie is just like this other movie. The movie is just like this other movie. And it gets really, really boring. The very last piece of trivia. Uh, I'm just going to read it to you. Okay. The film has a similar plot to Outland. In that film, Sean Connery stars as a policeman who is transferred to a mining colony on EO. 
which uh, he soon investigates the deaths of minors who are dying from an addictive narcotic. As he investigates deeper, he's targeted by hitmen and discovers the administrator of the colony hired the hitmen to kill him, and they, they're behind a drug ring, blah, 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 blah. And then for and some reason... And we saw it on Filmstick. Yeah. And yeah, uh, for some reason it goes on to say Sean Connery was the first James Bond, Timothy Dalton made two movies in the <laughs> 80s, and I'm just like, name Filmstack episode 30! Wait, come that, on! Right, that, <laughs> That connective tissue is loose. Yeah, yeah. some loose tissue. Kind of like old British actors. Very loose <laughs> tissue. We've, I think we have seen just about every movie that was referenced as influence yeah. for this movie. No, all, the, that rack of DVDs that he stared at and zoomed in on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was looking. It wasn't just the two. It was like uh, dozens of those we've seen. Like, well, it's and the great. trivia says that one of them is Zombie Party, which was uh, one of the early titles, or one of the, the, the titles of uh, Shaun of the Dead in other countries. Oh, really? So if I went to yeah. like Zimbabwe and wanted to see a movie, I'd right, go see Zombie, Zombie Party. Party. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Then there, there are other films that the, this one references heavily that we haven't seen, for sure. Like, we haven't watched Chinatown, we haven't watched uh, Mad Max, the first one. No. Uh, I mean, they're... individually we have, though, right? Oh, yeah. No, oh, sure, I've, sure, sure. Dude, yeah. I've seen those Mad Max movies till so my face is blue. But also the... Super Cop, which was referenced off. off yeah, Super Cop's movie, over right? there. Oh, yeah, Super Cop, yeah. We did do that. Um, I mean, the fact that it was focused so much on Bad Boys 2 and uh, the Keanu Reeves one, Point Break. Point Break. Was so... I mean, that was just so film sack. It's just... I felt like it was for us. You know, it's like, this hey, check like, out those these two movies you guys definitely watched and had a right. good time with. I was a little resistant to this movie because I did know that it was kind of parody and I always have tough time with that. And but the fact that it seems to come at a time that we've already covered most of these other films that is parody. And I thought it kind of kind of fit in well. One, the it one bit out. I did like technically from the trivia and I agree with you 100 um, percent. Part of it may be this process. So so it says this. The film progresses through three increasingly larger negative formats. The opening flashback footage is standard 16 millimeter. Uh, from then up to up until the robots. The robots. What are the robots? Robots. What robots? Robots. What robots? I don't know. I don't remember robots. I don't remember robots. Anyway. Are you reading the right trivia? It says right here, it's three perf super 35. And then from there, it's four perf. Uh, Panavision anamorphic uh, anim- until the ending scenes, which switches back to Super Thirty Five. Anyway, the reason you do that isn't because they were like, "Oh, we don't have enough of this stock. Let's just go use some other sixteen millimeter stock." It's not like that. The, the idea was to uh, the certain film gives certain scenes a more muted tone. So, like mm-hmm. when you're in London, still everything's a little sterile and slow and and whatever and he's in that office and everything and that's you know no big deal you jump to 35 when you're having your action scenes and now you've got you know crazy depth of field and a much broader mm-hmm. sort of uh, could, the, once, could that be another one that's copied from uh, end of the world be- or world's end because yeah, uh, yeah uh, oh it like might there were be robots in world's end <laughs> oh there are I've are there robots in world's end okay I, I have no idea i've talked about this before and there's a difference in when I watch a movie that was made by someone who loves film and then a group of people who were just making film because they're into filmmaking. Yeah. And I feel like these are the lovers of film uh, from the oh, top yeah. down to the bottom. It's yeah. not just about the acting. It's not just about... These guys have been working together since college or before, uh, you know, and, and it clearly they just are, you well, know, and, just want to make you know, sure... Uh, one of the pieces of trivia that we know is is correct is because it's everywhere is that they they did all of their photography in 11 weeks which is kind of cool yeah knowing exactly how long it takes to make a film like this but come on 
you know that Edgar Wright spent ten thousand hours prep, prepping for this oh, film the, before. Yeah, the prep mm-hmm. the prep was amazing from the stuff they they did it for a couple of years, I believe. Yeah, uh, prepping stuff. So. I want to, and every time I see a movie like this, the, anything that's set in the British countryside, Northern England, mm-hmm. I want to move there, dude. <laughs> I want I want yeah. quirky, strange accented right. people walking around in sweaters going, Oh, yes, you see what happened to the thing? And then these ones that speak in so, almost like a broken dialect that's ancient. Right. Oh, I love so, it. It's hard not to think about in Bruges when you see this. Yes. Oh, yes. That's what you that's that's really good. You know, I, I was trying I meant to go back and check the facts, but I was curious uh this time around watching it with a more critical eye, I noticed that when Simon Pegg and Frost were in their police car, and Simon Pegg was trying to point out uh, the guilty people, and you know they kept dismissing it as not guilty people. I want to say every one of those people that he pointed out were actually bad people. Yeah. Well, almost Did everybody anybody... in the everybody in the town turned out to be kind of, well, not everybody, but except for the cops, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, the cops are just misled because uh, Broadbent was such a dick. <laughs> but I loved oh, I love that guy. I loved everybody. It's all good, yeah. guys. This is a good movie. Everybody should see it. I'm going to play clips now, but the recommendation is Hot Fuzz is great and you should watch it while it's on Netflix cuz it's great. And I would even recommend it like it's rated R, but I think like 12 and up. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really just the gore. Language, it's gore. gore. Yeah. yeah. Gore that's 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 so over the top that it's you can't even take it seriously like mm-hmm. I mean, you can, but it, it, it's well done. Like the yeah, severed heads on the street, it looks like severed right. heads on the street. It's just, you re- look at it and go, well, that's a funny juxtaposition to this town that never has crime. Like, <laughs> Well, when they, right. when they killed the messenger, I thought that was pretty disturbing. That was a pretty <laughs> that was disturbing the only, image. That was the only death that was like, oh. Right. Yeah. And he walks around for a few minutes. It's like, oh, ah, ooh, I don't know if I want to watch this part. Wait, the guy that had the thing drop on him from the church? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah. was the messenger. <laughs> that, right. was, that was rough. He killed the messenger. <laughs> yeah, killed the messenger. Right. right. He, uh, uh, writer for the local paper? Yeah. Yep. That was pretty good. Um, I, I just, like, I find it incredibly rewatchable, but I, I wasn't paying attention to our upcoming list. And I watched it about a month ago, mm. and then oh. I watched, and then I watched it again two days ago, and I found it like incredibly rewatchable. Like I, it, it held my attention. Is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, and that's oh. rare, especially for stuff like us where we're looking at it for, you know, we're taking notes, and in my case, I'm capturing clips and doing screen grabs and you know oh. doing all this stuff, and it's paused for a second while I do that, and like usually that's the kind of a sterile uh, lab approach to watching movies but this right. this just held me held me the whole time and i, I think this is a movie that you know you hear me talk about saturday afternoon movies this is actually one of the good ones but i don't feel like i have to watch it linear i mean i feel like i can turn this on and i can go about my day and then come in and catch a moment and enjoy it absolutely i think you need one at least one good watching where you've seen it top to bottom but yes i think yeah, repeat yeah. viewings are definitely that it's you can have this on the background and have fun with it um all right i'm gonna play some clips these are uh varied here's one where he's chatting with the boss <laughs> i like that description very uh, <laughs> this is him and martin freeman talking while they're in london here you go hello nicholas hello sergeant how's the hand still a bit stiff it can get awfully hairy out there. I'm surprised you weren't snapped up sooner for a nice desk job. That's what I did. I prefer to think my office is uh, out on the street. Indeed you do. Indeed you do. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I love that. 
they're playing it so flat it's just amazing yeah <laughs> i love martin freeman in 07 we didn't really know how far i mean he'd been on the office uh, as tim and stuff and it was you know we knew he may have let's see when did when did the hitchhiker's guide movie come out i don't remember where he was oh, arthur was dent 2002 something it was yeah. after i know it was after uh douglas adams died but i don't know when but anyway uh i don't think anybody knew who where he was headed and five right. 2005 five, five yeah. okay mm-hmm. so you five felt right so two years before that oh weird and before this I yeah yeah I've got yeah. my timeline all wrong there because that would like, have said the other way. He did that between The Office. The Office ended in 2003. Then he did. He appeared in Shaun of the Dead. Oh, he also appeared in Love Actually. Oh, and right. Then, he was the por- he was the nerd. He was the kind of nerdy porn, normal guy that was in the porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Hitchhi- Hitchhikers, and then uh, yeah, two years after that, Hot Fuzz. Oh, I gotta watch Love Actually again. I love that movie so much. Wait till Christmas. All right. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> feels weird in in August to watch yeah, Love Actually a lot of Harry Potter uh, actors in that movie too yeah, yeah. Uh, here's a sound he made new instead of no he says new new and it made me laugh <laughs> uh, here's a let's see I kind of like it here oh I just like oh you know what that's the thing I want to say about Simon Pegg he's like this little toe headed you can almost see him like what he looked like when he was a kid just like a little weirdo looking kid uh, you know freckly blonde balding little dude but he's got the greatest voice, man. Such yeah, a cool voice. voice. I kind of like it here. It's just got a great uh, uh, mm, resonance. And he's he has grown as an actor so much. Yeah. Like when you go back and look at your favorite episode of Space, you'll see he's just doing this one thing. Yeah. And he's not really got much range, but he found range. He found a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. I would put him in my movie if I was making a movie. <laughs> I wrote here that I love him. Boy, I don't, I don't know what this is. Nicholas, we're offering you a <laughs> smashing position with a delightful cottage and a lovely little place that I think has won Village of the Year. I don't know how many times. It'll be good for you. Oh, it's Steve Coogan. I freaking love him. Mm-hmm. Don't know what it is about Steve Coogan, but you could watch him read the paper. I think he's mm-hmm. great. You saw that um, the movie, uh, uh, not Matilda, uh, but it was, oh. it was a woman's name. The, the one with ago. Judy Dench in it. Yes, the one with Judy Dench. I uh, loved that movie. That was so good, yeah. Oh um, my gosh, that was good. That was so good. What was that called? Uh Mati- not Matilda. You're right though. It's like that. It's like to Right. It's like something named something Philomena. 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 Philomena yeah. Ah, yes, yes. Philomena. Great movie. Oh my really gosh. Good movie. Yeah, yeah, I loved that. And also his one where he travels around eating with his friend. Um, so, it's a lot of it's improv. I can't think of what those movies yeah, are called. Yeah, so those trip movies yeah. or shows or whatever you want to call them. Uh, the first one is is pretty good. Yeah. But then they start coasting on the first one. Well, they get a little dark because they start making really bad life choices, and it makes me sad in the movies. Yeah, I, I love the but first it's one. Just like, watch their first the trip because it's fun and it's you know it it also has some sad bits, but it's like mostly. It's just mostly comedians, you know, two comedians ad-libbing on each other, and you know they've picked out all the best stuff. Uh, after that, I don't, I don't, I don't recommend it. I, I kind of agree. I think it, it peters out, but it's good stuff in the beginning. Uh, here's Bill Nye. Why, why, what does peters out mean anyway? What peter is out. That's <laughs> something you get arrested for. No. Right. <laughs> peters out. No, it's uh, if something runs out, it's like ah, uh, that. Oh, be- I know what it's supposed to mean, but <laughs> I don't know. I always said it growing up. I wonder if it's regional. Yeah. I'm, 
I don't know if you heard that much growing up or not. Let's see, Peter. Where it comes from. Yeah, no. I mean, obviously it means to just kind of fade off, trail off. Right, but, right. To diminish gradually and stop, dwindle to nothing. The hot water always oh, peters out. Man, now, I, now I'm thinking it's because after after your, you know, after your business, it just kind of fades away. Is that? Oh, I see what you're saying. Kind of, yeah. Is it? I don't, okay. think so. I don't think so, but I like that. I like that. Right. Uh, oh, I don't flakes. like it. I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't like that at all. You lose intensity or dwindle in strength, just like um, when you I'd, peter I'd out. I'd love to go again, love, but I'll paid it out. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all paid it out. That's Australian. Uh, here's Bill Nye talking. If we let you carry on running around town, you'll continue to be exceptional, and we can't have that. You'll put us all out of a job. With respect, sir, you can't just make people disappear. Yes, I can. I'm the chief inspector. I love him so much. Ah, foreshadowing. Uh, Chief Inspector in small town does make people disappear. Is he okay Mm. now? You you don't see him do anything now. Is he okay? Has anyone checked in on him? On Bill Nye? Uh, Oh, he's fine. Is he? He's he's making things. He's a thousand years old. Let's see. Actor. (laughs) Okay, wait. Before you look it up, I want guesses. How old is Bill Nye? Well, he was by 1,000 years old. Scott just said it. I know he was born in 49 is all I know. So what is that? That's uh, so he's 70, 70, 69, 70. Okay, yeah. maybe he's still cranking it. I love him. And you round that up to a thousand. He's so great, you guys. Also, really good in Love Actually. All right, so Love Actually, Harry Potter, or uh, Game of Thrones. Which which uh, oh, <laughs> series or man has the most actors from this? <laughs> Gotta be. Oh, wow. I'll bet Love Actually. I think actually, Harry Potter wins. Really? Yeah, I think I think Harry this... Potter. Yeah. yeah. Great. Right. Okay. He should have been on Harry Potter. He never was. He should have been. That guy, he would have been great. God, no kidding. I feel like he was, but you're right, he wasn't. No, he should have like been. He could have it's been a, a great shame. minister of uh, of anything. Minister of magic. Minister of something. Or, yeah. No, a minister of magic or yeah, ministry, yeah, ministry yeah. of magic. Yeah, magic. one of the governmental types. He would have been. Perfect. Wait, we're talking about Bill Knight? Yeah, yeah. He's not. Oh, he was in. Uh, he was in Harry Potter. No, he wasn't. Was he? No, he yeah, wasn't. he's uh, Scrimshaw. No, yep. no. Oh, well, he yep. totally he, is. Yeah, Scrimgower. Yep. Minister yep. Rufus Scrimgower. Scrim. There you go. Scrimgeow. Yeah. And Deathly Scrimgeow. Hallows Part One. Oh wait, that is the oh. Minister of Magic guy. Isn't I it? didn't watch the one as much as the two. <laughs> I'm curious. For some reason, is that, the person is that why I thought of... he should play that role because he did play that. I role think it's because he did so. play that role. <laughs> <laughs> sure did. Uh, I love it. Okay, oh, here's, I wish I would have predicted this in my supercut. There you go. Here's a here is a near airplane moment. Here you go. Janine, I've been transferred. I'm moving away for a while. Oh, I'm not Janine. <clears throat> Janine, I've been transferred. I'm moving away for a while. <laughs> He's talking to the guy with the thing, <laughs> and he thought it was her. It works though. I don't know yeah. why, but it's not a problem. It should be dumb. It's not. It's great. He's so good at delivery. All right. Uh, here's Dave. It's Dave. Hello there. Hello there. I love I Dave. I love that. Yeah, Dave's great. <laughs> you know what he's called? I think on the credits, there's a great credit for this. Hold on. i got to find it. Uh, yeah, this guy is called... Oh, what's his... Oh, no, the guy that wasn't Janine. His name yeah. in the credits is, is played by Robert Popper, and his credit is for the character, not Janine. <laughs> not Janine. <laughs> That is a resume. I played not Janine in uh, Hot Fuzz. So good. All right. Here's, I don't know what this is. Uh, out. Oh, is that weird kid? It's a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't like his voice, so I captured it. <laughs> here's a great little conversation. Could you tell the inspector I've arrived, please? 
No. Why? He's not in yet. <laughs> like that guy at the window? He was just that's all he ever was is at the window. Yeah, and his his doppelganger. That's Bill Bailey. Yeah, that's yeah. Bill Bailey. He's great. I always forget right. that's him, but yes, that is Bill Bailey. Can we can we uh, I would seriously like if we were all stuck in a cabin with a TV, one of the things I would force you to sit and watch with me is every episode of Black Books. Oh, I don't even know. I've never even heard of Black Books. I've heard of it, but I've never Uh, seen it. I've never seen it. It sounds like a 80s uh, uh, Red Shoe Diaries kind of uh, (laughs) romance, late night showtime romance. Black Books. It's a 2000s comedy, Hmm. and it's hysterical. Now I'm not interested. (laughs) I hate the 2000s. They're the worst. Uh, here he is. Couplings. This is him again when he says this. Nobody tells me nothing. He's great. <laughs> Nobody tells me nothing. I also like this line from Broadbent. And he had one thing you haven't got. What's that, sir? A great big bushy beard. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> that was a payoff later on. Yeah, it was. Like a great big old bushy beard. Man, they had a lot of dead people down there. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. All those oh, kids, yeah. all those hoods, they called them. Right, and the gypsies, traveling gypsies. Yeah, and the gold guy who does the statue crap for money. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> still preserved. Yeah, like, yeah perfect, like guys, perfectly even kid, preserved. Even the kid they just arrested in the purple jacket like is rotting, but but uh, gold mime dude is like perfectly preserved <laughs> yeah. in his gold paint. In position. Again, very, <laughs> very airplane-esque, but they, kill, but they, yeah. don't, they don't ruin it. I don't know how they don't, right. but they don't. Uh, here's uh, the cop who you couldn't understand. He's very bullseye. All right, there's him. And here's, uh, I don't know what this is. Can you describe it to me? It's about uh, two foot tall, um, long, slender neck. Yeah. Kind of orange and black bill. Anything else? Wait, it's a swan. <laughs> That's, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Um, yeah. uh, a, From uh, uh, many things, including uh, most, uh, the, uh, He co-wrote The Office. Merchant. But uh, Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant. Okay. There you go. Yeah, sweetly. Yeah, it's a fun little, uh, little cameo there. Him? Caliban. Yeah. Caliban from Logan, right? There you go. Yep. Oh yeah, dude. Oh, I forgot how cool he is in that. Mm-hmm. Great. Great so I need to watch Logan again. I need to I need to make that a priority. Boy, yeah, you gotta ooh, watch it in the black and that's, white. That's not a movie that you need to rewatch regularly. That really? is hard hitting, oh, painful so movie. I love Logan. Logan's yeah. great though. It's good, but yeah, it's uh it's so good. It's heavy. Hard. It's hardcore, man. There's boobs in that movie. All right. Wait, was there boobs in that movie? Yeah, there was a scene in the early part when he was a driver and the girls in the back of the car flash their boobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh I totally forgot about it's that. It's such a throwaway moment. It's not like, right. oh, yeah, the stuff that happens to Picard yeah. in that film. Or, or uh, man, what a great introduction to uh, X-23. Oh, yeah, there are boobs in that film. Yeah, no, I agree. Exactly, I agree. Three minutes and 28 seconds into the film, you see boobs. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I'm just saying... For a Marvel film, that's that was nuts. That's true. You yeah. know, and it was t-shirt. and Ted Deadpool, and then all all bets are off after Deadpool. Right? I have I have a T-shirt with a quote from Logan. Yeah, what does it say? It's uh, "Don't be what they've made you." Oh, oh and nice. I think it's wonderful. I it's like this. It's this perfect summation of the whole thing. Yeah, it's not but. Bad. Every now and then somebody <laughs> sees me and they see the quote and they know what it's from and you see them sad and I'm like, oh, <laughs> this movie make you sad. Me too. Me too. This t-shirt, me this too. t-shirt isn't supposed to put a frown on you. Right. Take heart. There's boobs. All right. <laughs> Here's the uh, first yarp. Yarp. <laughs> 
I can't believe that's the hound. Holy so, God. Like, once yeah, you yeah, said yeah, that, I'm like, true. oh my God. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? So, it's crazy. Like so, like so many of them, Rory McCann was at San Diego Comic-Con a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And you know, this is the thing. When you're when you're in any kind of geek TV show, you have to go to conventions and you make money posing for pictures with people. Yeah. yeah. And so a bunch of Game of Thrones people were there. They were all doing the picture thing. And uh, Rory McCann in these in these pictures, you see a convention goer next to him. He is he looks like an American redneck. Yeah, he totally does. Thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. He's, yep. Got, yep. he's totally. got a truck driver beard. He's wearing a, one of those hats, you know, like a, a truck driver hat. Trucker hat, you mean? Yeah. Really? <laughs> he's got a it's truck the... driver beard and hat. <laughs> and and you know and you know he's like six foot five or something. Yeah, he's more. I think he's more weird. than that. That guy's. Does enormous. he have overalls and a flannel shirt? Does he? No. no. <laughs> Does he have a burnt face? <laughs> Stock of wheat sticking out of his mouth. Right. <laughs> then, but then he's not fully vested. Uh, sorry. You don't okay. you don't think of a uh, you know this like Scottish actor as American redneck? That's what do you where do you think the American rednecks came from? I don't know. You think they were all just Alabama? You know, <laughs> yeah. Alabama. Well, there's they came. Somewhere before then. Well, they right. came from France mainly. Like most of the South is like French. You blood. think that? You oh, think that? I, wrong. I know that. That's how they. That's <laughs> you know that for a that's fact. That's where those ships landed you know and dumped a out fact? a bunch yeah. of French. That's where the Cajun, yeah, the French we, Cajuns yeah, came from. Yeah, we. Yeah, we ran. That was. Oh, you're talking about that South. Yeah. Well, what South are you meaning? South Carolina. Oh, like up higher. Yeah. Georgia. Yeah. That's not, oh yeah, way up there. <laughs> We're practically Yankees. <laughs> well, I mean. It, I mean, Georgia kind of, well, no, Georgia skirts it a little, a little bit, just a little bit. Georgia skirts it a little bit. Yeah, well, they're a Delta hub. I'm just kidding. I don't know if that has nothing to do with it. (laughs) Uh, Here's a a gun fart from one of those detectives. (laughs) I like that. That's pretty good. (laughs) That that informed my greeting. That's amazing. Those detectives are amazing. And here they are again laughing at this. Skid marks. (laughs) 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 <laughs> the timing on this is so good. All right, here's your Harry Potter guy. Right. Oof. Mumbo. Best, worst breath probably in the show. Oof, the whole movie. Yeah. yeah. The guy does not have good breath, I'm telling you right now. Uh, here's your He-Man reference. Like the power of Grayskull. All right, so there's that. Yeah, they, they hit that a couple of times. Oh, yeah. I love him so much. Nick Frost is I, so good. I wish that... They could have made a thousand movies before they get you know old. Yeah, well, they're they're not that old. They could do it still. I mean, Nick still Frost is fifty or will be fifty soon. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, Nick Frost is younger. He's forty six or something. And then yeah, I think Simon Pegg's forty eight. Yeah, Simon Pegg's almost there. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the something about a cuddly monkey. A cuddly monkey. A cuddly monkey. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm with specifically stupid. about a cuddly monkey. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for the monkey. Stuff like the there monkey. was a reference to Chunky Monkey. Mm-hmm. Lots uh, of monkeys. I don't know what's going on there? Because it's a Cornetto trilogy, and uh, Chunky Monkey is not right. a Cornetto. I no, no, it there is not. As no. well, no sir. Thanks for the monkey. Thanks for the monkey. Uh, the, opt it from uh, <laughs> from the UK. Maybe. Here's uh, one of the detectives talking about murder. Murder, murder, murder. There you go. <laughs> 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 Uh, here's the jog on reference. Jog on. That's pretty good. <laughs> okay, maybe that was the spot that informed my greeting. Might have. There was a few fart sounds, a lot, of, and it, and I think yeah. all well done. Also, anytime something would fly in from the other side of the room and hit someone in the head, like a garbage can oh. or something, 
I would laugh. I would laugh. Yeah. And I normally don't find that kind of stuff funny, but there was some timing thing going on there that worked. So well done. There's a timing thing. I'm and I'm always a sucker for a close shot of one person in front of another, and they step off screen, and then they come back on screen. <laughs> that guy, it, that is such a classic moment. I love it. I, it, just, it always makes me chuckle. <laughs> it's the best version. Don't name a better yeah. one than that. There's not one. When that guy, they, no. he slides out all snarky, and the guy slides out behind him, and then the guy the in front Andrews, comes back yeah. for a second and then goes back again. It's amazing. It's mm. great. It's a good gift, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's this. Just the one killer, actually. No luck catching them. It's just the one killer, actually. They're not catching them killers, then. It's just the one killer, actually. Tomorrow, you got brain freeze? No, I got brain wave. (laughs) (laughs) Brain freeze is another reference to ice cream. Yeah. Such such a great technically shot movie, and I was in all the movie except for the continuity on the ice cream cone length. Oh, so there was a several shots where they were eating the ice cream cones. There was several scenes where they did this, and it would they would you know do these cuts, and I would notice, oh no, the cone is longer. He's already eaten more of the cone. Mm. Oh, because so you got con- you were saying continuity yeah. stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah. Avoid yeah, avoid cone length. Yeah, yeah. that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I have like those in my freezer upstairs. That exact brand they were eating. I want to go get them right now. Oh, they sound okay. so good to me. The little nuts. You like Cornettos. You have drumsticks. No right? drumsticks. Yeah, yeah. Not sorry, not brand, but same kind of. Yeah, yeah. whatever those are called. Whatever made somebody think that'd be a good name. Drumsticks. Drumsticks. Can't wait to go. That's a great name. It for sounds ideas. like meat. Let's make people think this is chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Or a yeah. band implement to play my drums. All right. Here's mm. a deal. Uh, this is the NARP. NARP. All right, and then. This Yarp. is a great uh, thing I like. Dog muck thieving kids and crusty jugglers. Crusty jugglers. Crusty jugglers. <laughs> they all repeat it. I like that that's the, and the, the look on Simon Pegg's face when uh, they repeat that because they've just been repeating for the greater good. Right. 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 No, don't that say that. Repeat in unison. <laughs> crusty jugglers. All right. And then a funny laugh from I don't remember who. <laughs> well, it's probably Bill Bailey again. And then this part which i have to admit is effective at making you think about what it would be like to be impaled in your chin on a oh. steeple in a oh. small church so here's this oh, really oh. <laughs> <laughs> of course i just assumed he was dead so when he started talking yeah. it was like what? Yeah. you know what's great is none of those people died right they just all got arrested. It was almost like he got his justice. He right. didn't kill him. Right. All the people who were killed were the victims of the criminals, but mm-hmm. the criminals True. themselves, they all end up getting arrested. Yeah, basically. they got True brought justice. to justice. justice. And they had that right. awesome montage with the kind of punk song behind it of them standing in, uh, you know, for case file photos and, and just the looking mean and horrible with their you know bandages on and their faces all blood. it was just great so what what was that i was trying to figure out what that because uh, they used those kind of shots a couple of times i was trying to figure out what action film was directly mm. derivative of that shot and i was trying to remember uh do you guys remember if, if it was just it something they did individually it or seemed it... familiar like i'd seen that before but it seemed familiar like it was just a a style but what was that movie that uh brad pitt was in that he was all Legends of the Fall. Uh, no, the English one where he's all <laughs> World, match? World War Z. Oh, uh, <laughs> didn't they Mr. have like Mrs. Smith? 
didn't he have some cuts like that in Snatch? Uh, I couldn't remember. Uh, Thelma and Louise. No. Um, yes, Thelma and Louise. We might have, because it's a Guy Ritchie thing, and Guy Ritchie right. does those quick cuts, too. That's true. Man, I like Snatch a lot. The movie. <laughs> Jamie, do you the, listen to this one, Jamie? The movie. I mean the movie. All right. That's the end of our clips. Uh <laughs> That was, I, I really skirted it there. Hey, check this out. I like Snatch. It's uh, time for this. The film side checklist goes like this. Nothing wrong with this movie. Check. This movie is great. Check. This movie rules. Check. Pretty simple today. I don't really have any complaints. Uh, Star Trek connections. There are some. Simon Pegg, of course. Black, black guy dies first. Wait, what black guy? Yeah, what black guy? There are right. Any. Oh, that's true. This is a very white movie, isn't it? It's it really very, is, very, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, if we did video clips, way. yeah. If, if we did video clips, I would hope that you would uh, have shown the garden fences scene, oh. because oh. every yeah. every Cornetto movie has a garden fences yeah, uh, right. shot. Yeah, and it, the gag the gag grows from one to another, right? So, yeah. like in Shaun of the Dead, he goes to jump over a garden fence in front of everybody, and it breaks. And then in this one, Nick yeah. Frost just runs through one. <laughs> he, he trips and falls. In a, and then in World's End, uh, Simon Pegg goes to jump over a garden fence. And the entire fence from side to side goes down. <laughs> I need to see I, I that. that. I'm going to watch that movie this next week. I'm going to make it happen. I got to see it. Because now I'm Good. bugged that I have it. Um, all right. Star Trek stuff. Simon Pegg is Nicholas Angel. Yeah. Uh, he is in the JJ-verse as Scotty. Uh, Michelle Wright, executive in charge of production, was also production supervisor on Star Trek Generations. Uh, those are your only two, though. That's it. No more Star Trek people. But uh, what more do enough. you? I mean, when you get like a major hitter like Simon Pegg in the Star Trek universe and this film, that's a win. No, it's great. Anything else? The dude, the guy's in, has got cameos in Star Wars. He's got yeah. Uh, he's got his hand in every geek ch- cookie jar. It, the fact that he's not in some Marvel thing is shocking to me. Mm-hmm. like what's going on there get that going uh all right what else oh the soundtrack i'd give it an r for rad i thought it was great perfectly suited yes. for everything all good such great kinks music like they pull a couple of tracks from uh the village green preservation society album including the title track yeah and uh and then uh goody two shoes you heard at the beginning of uh yeah. the show yeah. uh adam and um, romeo and juliet by dire straits my favorite song ever of all time oh i Great didn't know that i didn't know yes. that of all yeah. time wow. wow of all time i, wow. I apologize all, all for time. complaining about that i i felt like that was like that was so shoehorned in there where it's playing in the car as timothy dalton's driving by yeah i mean it, it didn't need to be because at that point you don't know that they're playing in romeo and juliet but it's just this mm-hmm. you know, quaint little uh little little guitar intro but uh yeah. I love Dire Straits. So yeah, this is, apparently this is what Edgar Wright does. Like he he sits and puts a lot of effort into getting all the music just right in his movies. Yeah, yeah. Baby Driver is probably the one everyone tells me the most about. I need to see oh, that too. Scott Pilgrim versus the World is his music. You know, love letter. Mm, oh, it's so good. Yeah, I don't know. I feel. I mean, it 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 definitely is. But the music is used so so much uh to such great effect in baby driver yeah i need to see that thing it's streaming on i think hbo go oh well I'll, i have no excuse i'm gonna watch oh it. no uh, i take that back it's streaming on the showtime app which oh. now you have now. an excuse uh, now i have an excuse well me too <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, maybe you can watch it on amazon prime oh well all right i'll go look 
uh, hey, the Twitter post. This is where you guys sum it up in 280 characters or less. Let's start with Randy Jordan. Hot fuzz. Edgar Wright's best film? Yeah, there. I said it. You want to take this up to the chief inspector? <laughs> you could. Uh, uh, Brian, uh, Brian, bleh, Brian Dunaway. Brian Dunaway. Hot fuzz. Like dual wielding with no handlebars. Cardor. <laughs> Jog on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I forgot about that lady. She really took a, a fall. Uh, and then finally, Brian Ibbett. Randy, we almost came to blows. Hot fuzz. <laughs> the best of the Cornetto trilogy? Yarp. Completely underappreciated for its brilliance? Yarp. The best thing Timothy Dalton ever did? Narp. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say, I am a huge fan of his two James Bond films. I like, am too. I know they're, I know they're bad. I know they haven't aged well. I know I want to watch them with you guys because they are so fun to me. Yeah. But here's the thing: Timothy Dalton was the closest of between Roger Moore, Sean Conner, Connery. I mean, even to to some effect, uh, some effect. Uh, what's his face who did Here's one? Uh, Daniel Craig. Uh, oh no, no, no. Uh, the one. Oh, the oh, guy who just did one. Uh, 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 oh, uh, hold on, the, I know the it. The non-actor. Uh, 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 no, hold on, Dan. Ah, shit! Slippy, slappy. No. <laughs> McGillicuddy. Yeah. Uh, 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 oh, it was there for a second. I know, yeah. James Bond, one and done. Who was it? Come on. <sighs> Frick. Anyway. I yeah. know it. Between, I'm, between, I'm letting Scott twist in the wind. I, I know, I, I've already Googled it. I know what it is, too. George right? Lazenby. Lazenby. Yes. Gosh. Great documentary, by the way, on Hulu, if it's still there. It's sure oh, really? it's still there. They made it, right? They're going to yeah, host yeah. it. So their own oh, documentary. Anyway, uh, among all those actors, Timothy Dalton was the closest to the dark, brooding mm. character in the Ian Fleming novels. Oh, Not necessarily yeah. the one in the later, later novels, but the uh, but he's he's got that kind of like looks like he's partially thinking about what's going on and also partially hating the world and hating right. what happened to his life. <laughs> yeah. I I want it to be Daniel Craig, but Daniel Craig is a different kind of Bond than the novels. Yeah, he's yeah. the blunt object. Yeah, yeah, I, and I love him. I Everybody. like him a lot. Oh yeah, and, uh, all yeah. this. He's talk America's of, Bond. All Come this, on. all this, all the, yeah. British guy in a British production is the America's Bond. I really right. want uh, <laughs> the, all this Idris Elba talk needs to hurry up and just be a thing because I really think he would be interesting. Um, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but I I like the talk of that. Uh, my least favorite was probably Pierce Brosnan, not because I don't like Pierce Brosnan, but because it was Pierce Brosnan, and that's all I could think about was I've seen this guy in Mrs. Doubtfire. I've seen Remington this guy. Steel. Yeah, Steel. and the yeah, Remington exactly. Steel thing, which was basically James Bond ripoff. Like, it was just hard for me to get around that and not see him. We all, But we was all begging for it at one point in time, I believe. Everybody was you like, yeah, yeah, great. Mm -hmm. yeah. so like the, and, then, and then they gave us what we wanted and we was like mm, mm, this wasn't as good as we were hoping yeah. <laughs> for me in all of them the ultimate most steeped in bondiness bond moment in these movies is when he goes back to skyfall in skyfall yeah, oh, yeah. and so the, i always stop and go okay in their prime these different actors how would they have played through that sequence yeah and pierce brosnan doesn't seem like he would have pulled it off yeah uh like I could imagine Sean Connery doing it. I could imagine Roger Moore in his prime going back to Skyfall, but not Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, maybe not so much. 
By the way, I was just checking on Sean Connery here. You got to check on him once in a while. She's checking on him. Checking his Facebook okay? page. He's uh, well, what's the status today? Eighty-seven got years a old. A bit of a sore throat. <laughs> I'm not feeling all that well. Uh, 80, Thank you for asking. Eighty-seven years old. He can't find his car keys. Yeah. Um, and still retired, obviously, and I don't know where he lives now. But I always worry one day <laughs> he won't write back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It just and, scares me and, that he's going to get again, announced dead. So. Again, rest in peace, Sir Roger. He lived to be 89. That's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, Roger Moore did just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was my favorite Bond. He was but the Martin he Bond. Hit, he, he, hits, he hits. I was. He was the first Bond I was introduced to because he was the first Bond that I watched when I was old right. enough to actually want to watch a Bond movie. So yeah. he'll always be my Bond. Just like just like Rainbow Scarf is the only Doctor Who that I'll ever accept. <laughs> <laughs> You'll only accept Rainbow Scarf. Rainbow Sorry. Scarf, my favorite of the uh, Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, I was gonna too, say right? I didn't know you were. Uh, I didn't know you were a brony over there, Dunaway. You got like, <laughs> right, 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 right. Rainbow Scarf. No, that's true though. Yeah, Roger Moore was the first one I saw in a the theater. The first James Bond I saw playing James Bond in the theater. Yeah. And, uh, that is something. That is a. That you know, you never forget your first bond, I guess, kind of thing. This is true. Oh my gosh, I found a picture of Sean Connery when he was eighteen, and he is—he is just a little Hot. kid, man. Weird. Mm. Well, anyway, I Hello. wish they—I—I I, I really like Idris Elba, but I wish they'd find someone who fits all of the—the the, you know—to ticks all the boxes to play James Bond, who was younger. Like people keep coming into this role in their forties, and then that's going to age them out faster than I want. You know. Oh, I, would I see. Really what you're like there to be, yeah. you know, someone, someone like Sean Connery who could play yeah. bunches of them. But if you go too young, you get Cody Banks. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that I don't got want bad. That. You get Frankie Muniz. What you saying? Yeah, you get. It's got to be somewhat older, and he's got to be an older, established, sophisticated spy. Yeah, he's got to be late thirties at the earliest. I don't want someone mm. younger than that. If they're younger I, I, than if, that, it's weird. For like me, it. I always want him to be Scottish, and like I say, you and McGregor would have been amazing mm. if they started on and with him when he was thirty. Yeah, I could see that. Um, have him do that. Have him uh, take that path instead of the Obi Wan path. Oh, there's this picture yeah. of Sean Connery walking around last year with his wife. He's he's all, he's all <laughs> he looks fine. He looks fine. <laughs> what are you are you looking back at the the sheet of paper when it came with his uh, Christmas card that said what he's right. been working on for the last year? I just like to see, you know, there he is just kind of strolling around town. He's got a cane now, but you know, he's all right. My granddaughter attended her first day of preschool today. Renamed the the target, yeah. yeah, I don't know what's going on. I just <laughs> just miss him. I miss him in movies. And the last sure. thing he did was that terrible comic book adaptation that turned out so bad. I don't remember the name of it. What was it called? Oh, we're talking about oh, League, League of Extraordinary, Extraordinary Gentlemen. Gentlemen. League of Extraordinary yeah. Gentlemen? That was not, that wasn't. That was terrible. And he retired yeah. on it. He was like, I'm done. This I'm, I'm out. I'm not doing this <laughs> shit. Going back home. Um, all right. Hey, uh, dignity. Did we do? We did it. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, yeah. I guess you got handed this right here. It's an alternate title. Right here in this uh, piece of paper here, it says, uh, it was almost called Cold Hair. Now, you have to think about it for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. No, it's, I got it. It's the opposite yeah. of hot fuzz, see? Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, or old man with a huge green coat. That was almost the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have two emails to read today, and I will get through them quickly because we're almost out of time. But here they are. They came to us at filmsack.gmail.com. We'll start with Johns, who says, Dear Scott and crew, this is Paul Shear. 
It's time for you to stop not knowing who this is. Uh, he was the sketch on the sketch comedy show Human Giant. Oh, you know who he's talking about? He's talking about um, yeah, Gap Tooth guy. Gap Tooth. Gap Tooth guy with the white stuff on his nose and yeah. Oh probably. yeah, plus year. Yeah. He was with the Human Giant where we got Aziz Ansari from as well. He's been in countless movies and TV shows. He is the disaster artist movie or in the disaster artist movie that you love. Uh, most importantly, he runs a bad movie podcast just like yours. It's extremely popular. They've covered many of the same films you have on FilmSack. Which is why I mentioned that podcast multiple times. Yes, you did say all this. Uh, mm-hmm. You should listen to a few episodes. if you. It's a show you would enjoy. But even if you don't do that, if you would do nothing else, learn who Paul Shear is. You are no longer allowed to know who Paul Shear is. is. I'm no I, longer I, not to know. I will, I will learn him. I didn't really. Know, I wasn't really familiar with him, so I will educate myself. Yeah, now. this is from. He is John. one of the most foul-mouthed people on the TV show Veep, which is a, which is a, an achievement in and of itself. Wait, mm. wait, 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 wait. Which character is he on Veep? I've watched Veep. Uh, he's the character. He's Stevie. Uh, he's a, um, a White House, not a White House aide, but he's like, a, like a lobbyist or something. So yeah, I think I think so. Right, I think he's a lobbyist. All right, I need to. I just watched a bunch of that. Why do I not remember him? He has the gap tooth still, right? He totally does. I don't know. Yeah, that's a thing you don't. <laughs> I finally when you're known, you when you're known as the gap tooth guy, you don't get rid of it. I, I finally guess. saw yeah, that. I mean, Letterman wouldn't get rid of his. Absolutely not. No, no, no. I finally saw he's that got scene. Room for a whole extra like Tom Cruise tooth in there, though. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, don't we all? Yeah, and uh, he's in Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, that uh, uh, Galaxy Quest TV reboot oh. they're talking about. He's going to be the lead. Oh, I really? This, I didn't know it was the same guy. I've, heard, I've listened to this podcast. Weird. This podcast. <laughs> Weird. I'm sure they could still get Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, he's he's redoing his other idea, thing. That's a bad idea, though. He's, he's making Nowadays, his... Tim Allen's it? done. What's his other thing, though? He, he's coming... He's, he's, he's done. He's got, a huge standing, hit, uh, he's got a huge hit TV show right now. Yeah, Last Man yeah. Standing is being re relaunched. So it got oh, canceled, it and they're relaunching yeah. it. So he's going to be busy. Yeah. Plus, they got Toy Story shit to do. I don't know. He's kind mm. of a dick. Uh, let's see. Shit. Paul Moore, uh, Moran wrote in, says this. Hey, Scott, Brian, Rain, uh, sorry, Rain, Scott, Randy, Brian, and Brian. <laughs> he messed it up because our order is different usually. Anyway, just wanted to give you a huge thanks for the show. You've been, oh. uh, I have been having cancer treatment over the last year, and it's, and it's oh, not man. been working very well. Your show on oh, the Frog Pants Network have kept me sane and entertained. As a present, I give you the finest example of angry acting by the one and only Pierce Brosnan. Take care, you <laughs> kids, Paul. Well, Paul, first of all, I hope uh, that's changing for you and that uh, hopefully treatment is effective. Uh, we feel bad about that. Never like to hear when uh, any of our fans are having trouble like that. But thank you for this clip. I'm now going to play it. Here is angry acting from Pierce Brosnan. Here you go. What goes on in this town is none of your business. As long as I'm living here, it is. Then maybe you shouldn't be living here! <laughs> well, that's easy. He did, a lot of the, he did a lot of that in Dante's Peak as well. Is that what that. this was, is from? That was good. I don't, no, that was not from Dante's Peak. This is from... But, uh, what movie is this? What was that from? Adam and Joe? Huh. Uh, I, I was not prepared. <laughs> no, I wasn't ready for that. I, I'm shocked right now because I was so not prepared for that. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Thank you for that, Paul. I'm gonna clip that out and use Thank it for things in perpetuity. And we hope you uh, do better, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Let us know uh, how that goes. And we're glad the show's there for you. We'll always be here for people like you. All right, that's gonna do it for the show. But before we leave, our next film is not a film at all. In fact, next week we have people out of town. So what are we doing? We're doing a Star Trek: The Animated Series episode. 
uh, watch along. And that uh, we like to do those once in a while, especially when we're out of town. So we're going to cram that in and make that happen for the 18th. So if you're worried there would be no show, oh, there will be. Worry no more. Yeah, worry no more. And uh, we'll be back to normal after that one. That's going to do it for us, though. Filmsack.com is the website. You can always send your emails in, just like Paul and John. A couple of apostles here just realized it's fantastic. (laughs) Or some Beatles, right? Or some Beatles, yeah. Very well said. Uh, (laughs) Ringo, where's your where where my email at? Ringo. Where's your email? (laughs) Uh, Filmsack at gmail.com is that email address. You can follow us on Twitter at Filmsack, and you can find all of us that way as well. Filmsack.com's got everything. It's all linked out, all our previous episodes, all that stuff. Still no YouTube uh, until I get word on how we deal with... uh, studios take doing takedowns i still i still haven't fixed my strike so we're working on that anyway that's gonna do it for us for me for brian for brian and for randy that's the order murder murder we'll see you next time This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. I kind of like it here.